0: I have a name I want you to remember. It is George McJunkin. George McJunkin. I'll tell you about this guy in just a little bit. Michael Swickert here. Welcome to Enchanting People of New Mexico. Sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning hatch green and red chili boy is it good. It's from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, the chili capital of the world. Every Wednesday on our Enchanting People series, we talk about someone or groups of people who have made a significant impact upon New Mexico, such as thousands of workers who constructed the Elephant Butte Dam so that there was plenty of water for commercial uh, agriculture, especially chili. This month, uh, February, is Black History Month. The Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. wrote these words, We may all have come on different ships, but we're all in the same boat now. That's us in New Mexico. Exactly true about New Mexico. Each family came either a long time ago or recently. The history of New Mexico lets us understand we're all in New Mexico together. All of us living in this great state. And we are all made better by everyone who has come to our little slice of paradise now we can start with the first inhabitants of what we call now new mexico it's a cascade of different native american tribes one group dislodging a previous group then the first europeans came to southern new mexico in 1535 we here in the 21st century 489 years later can still see what those first travelers saw because one of the surviving four men from a shipwreck in 1528 wrote an account of the journey. And that book is still available after 480 years. It is, and I'm changing the title into English since it was written in Spanish. It was the story of Alvar Núñez Cavassa de Vaca and a pa- party of four men. There were three Spaniards and one American uh, African-American, our term in Black History Month, so one black uh, member of the party. That man was known as Esteban. He was uh, of Moroccan ancestry. He had been enslaved by the Portuguese in 1522 and then was moved over uh, to the Spanish Explorers in Florida. The exploration failed, and the, uh, the hundred and some out of them, all that was left of the party was four people, as I just said, one of whom was Estefan. They managed to travel on foot, think of this, from the Galveston, Texas area, it wasn't Galveston then, to southern New Mexico through Las Cruces, and then out to Tucson and down to Mexico City, some 2,400 miles. And again, this guy, Cavasa de Baco, made a a record, or he wrote a diary about this, and not much else is known other than they made it to Mexico City safely. So let's talk about how New Mexico became a shining beacon to many African Americans uh, after the conclusion of the American Civil War. In America's past, black soldiers had fought in the Revolutionary War, there's some... Uh, idea that some may even have fought in the War of 1812. But the Civil War provided a chance. The U.S. Navy had blacks in all roles, including boat pilots, and halfway through the Civil War, army units were formed. There were 16 black soldiers who won the Congressional Medal of Honor in the Civil War. By the Civil War's end, about 180,000 black men had served in one way or the other with the Union Army. When the war ended, well, there was still a need for soldiers out west, and thus was formed several groups of black Union soldiers who served in New Mexico. September 21, 1866, the 10th Cavalry Regiment was formed in Kansas. Also formed at that time were the 9th Cavalry Regiment, the 24th, 25th, and 38th Infantry Regiments. Native Americans hung the title Buffalo Soldiers on those men, and it stuck. Many served in New Mexico. Michael Swickert here, Enchanting People of New Mexico. Each Wednesday, we do a podcast about people special to New Mexico. You can hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. February is Black History Month. I'm talking about the people who came to New Mexico, and generations later are still here. One of the first group of blacks were called the Buffalo Soldiers. They served in the Southwest and New Mexico for most of 30 years. Fort Selden near Las Cruces, Fort Union near Santa Fe housed many soldiers. And during that 30 some odd years, a total of 23 African-Americans serving as Buffalo Soldiers received the Congressional Medal of Honor. Importantly, Some of those soldiers liked New Mexico, and they stayed, and they brought their families out. One place um, that uh, blacks could easily work were on ranches and with the railroads and building roads, things like that. After the Civil War, there were several things that black men and their families came to New Mexico territory for and the cattle industry was one. At one time, one cowboy in five uh, here in New Mexico was uh, African American. Most came as single men, but families started coming. Also, one of the professions bringing men to of all races to New Mexico was the railroad, which ran on physical labor. Many former slaves and also many free black men and their families were welcomed by the railroad, which struggled to get enough workers. In the eight. 1860s, many Irish workers were used, and a lot of people didn't like the Irish, but they were glad to use them on the railroad because they needed to get the railroads built. There was a need for not only the laborers, but also technical jobs, such as con- construction jobs of all sorts. There was reportedly still racism in some areas of New Mexico, but the need for workers was such that it overran the racism. The railroads recruited blacks from both northern and southern cities because they had to have enough men building the railroads. When it came to staying in New Mexico and working on ranches or in towns, which had the need for many workers in construction and other jobs, uh, such as blacksmithing and working on wells, fence lines, all that stuff, well, and I I was talking about a guy named George McJuckin. Mac Junkin that really was his name. He was an African-American cowboy who was an amateur archaeologist and historian and he made a an interesting change in New Mexico. It was an important discovery near Folsom, New Mexico. It's called the Folsom site. You can look it up. He was a good ranch uh, roper, bronc rider, overall ranch cowboy. Born in Midway, Texas to slaves, and at age nine, when the Civil War ended, he learned to work on ranches. He reportedly learned to read from fellow ranchers and was a very curious learner. He was curious about archaeology and history. Eventually, he became the foreman of the Crawfoot Ranch near Folsom, New Mexico. That's in northeastern New Mexico, about 30 miles to the east of Raton, New Mexico, now, on August twenty seventh, 1908, there was a really big flood in that area, just a downpour. And so George McDuncan rode around the, the ranch looking at the damages, what he was going to have to do about whatever had been, been damaged by the floods. And he went into an arroyo, and he all of a sudden was surprised because he discovered the bones of several giant prehistoric bisons. Now, again, if he hadn't been really interested in archaeology, this wouldn't have made an impression on him, but he knew this was something that he should look at. Uh, The newly uncovered bones uh, had also a distinctive stone tool called the Folsom Point that had killed that bison. Now, again, as an amateur archaeologist, he recognized how important what he had found was and spent several years getting scientists to come look at this find. Uh, After several years, the Denver Museum of Natural History sent a paleontologist, Harold Cook, to look at this. And over the years, uh, they all of a sudden could tell this was an important find because what it showed was 7,000 years earlier than previously thought, there were humans who were killing the bison. And so this was all thanks to George McJunkin, who was uh, interested in archaeology. Michael Swickert here, Enchanting People of New Mexico. Each Wednesday, we do a podcast about people special to New Mexico. You can hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. Uh, February is Black History Month, and besides the military and the railroads which brought African Americans to New Mexico was the cattle industry. Historians estimate that uh, black cowboys made up about 20% of all cow hands from the end of the Civil War into the year 1900, or maybe even the start of the First uh, World War. During that time, the cattle drives and ranches, such as the Chisholm Ranch, there was always, they always welcomed strong men who would work seven days a week during the busy times. And the railroads were especially appreciative of these workers who laid the track and cut the paths for the railroads it was really hard work built the tunnels cutting a tunnel was really hard Uh, these workmen stayed with the railroad companies much of the time some decided to settle in New Mexico and in the 1920s George Pullman pioneered the luxurious sleeping cars the Pullman cars and the job of Porter was mostly covered by African Americans who likewise grew to love New Mexico and brought their families here. There were several communities in southern New Mexico which focused on black Americans and when the military was desegregated by uh, Harry Truman and after some hard work by politicians in New Mexico, the schools were desegregated, then New Mexico was a great place for all to live. The work at Los Alamos, the Sadia Corporation at White Sands, and all through the space industry brought many more people together of all races. The colleges had a draw for athletes like my story a week ago about football star Don Perkins, who came to in uh, 1956 to play on scholarship for the University of New Mexico. And even though he went professional and played for the Dallas Cowboys the first uh, he was in the first teams he never left New Mexico as far as his home and he and his wife Virginia and four kids would leave Dallas as soon as they were done playing and would spend the rest of their time in Albuquerque and he spent the rest of his life in Albuquerque even though he was a television commentator for a while he worked for state government and we had him the rest of his life. And I'm friends with several athletes who came to play, but then after graduation, uh, they they decided to stay. One's very highly effective high school basketball coach. And as I quoted earlier, I want to say the thing that uh, when we think of Black History Month, uh, we think of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., and he wrote, We may have all come on different ships, but we're in the same boat now, so I really believe that. Enjoy Black History Month. Uh, You can get lots of stories about uh, Black History Month citizens, and they're all very good. Now, there's a problem with commercial chili pepper crops that are grown somewhere else, that's grown outside of New Mexico. And then these growers, to be able to sell them, will claim that these chili peppers are New Mexico chili peppers, even though they're not grown in our state. Well, it's not true. Yes, they were researched here, but no, they're not New Mexico chilies. Uh, Me and other people around here, we can taste the difference, and we prefer that New Mexico taste in our chili. When Offered chili peppers from other places, just say no to that. And just so you know, there is a New Mexico certified chili with a trademark on that certification. That way you know you're getting the real thing, New Mexico chili. Check it out at the local grocery store or the restaurant. When you pick up a package or jar of chili, look for the New Mexico certified Chili, that trademark seal, and if it's not there, ask the grocery store or restaurant about it. New Mexico businesses want to support New Mexico chili, and I'm sure they will thank you for asking. This is Michael Swickard with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, brought to you by the Fresh Chili Company. Thank you for your time today. We'll always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico, New Mexico people, and stories on these podcasts. If you have something or someone you want me to talk about, you can write to me, michael at freshchilico.com. michael at freshchilico.com. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, yes, and eat plenty of that good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili is good, more is better, as long as it's Hatch Valley chili. Bye for now.